Hey, hey, friends. This is Jessie DeShane, a chronic illness support coach and host over here on the Chronically Healing Podcast. When I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, I was scared and immediately started looking for support. After finding so much negativity in the autoimmune world, I decided to start a community that emphasizes positivity and healing. On this show, you will hear me have conversations with people just like you who are on their own unique healing journey with chronic illness. There might be a few tears, but you are guaranteed to have a bunch of laughs and lots and lots of love and support. Let's dive into the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Chronically Healing Podcast. Today, I have Emily Kybert on the show. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thanks so much for having me. It's so fun to chat and hang out. Of course. I'm so excited that you're here. Um, thank you so much for dealing with me. I came like running into this podcast today, like all disheveled. So I'm glad to be able to sit down with you today. But um, just to like jump right into it, I know uh, that you have Hashimoto's and I know we're going to talk about so many different things around that and around exercise today. So I'm excited and I just want to jump right in. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you, um, who you are and tell us your story and your story with Hashimoto's and your business. We'll just jump right in and see, see how it goes. Let's dive right in. So um, I have a clinic in Midtown Manhattan in the heart of New York City called Urban Wellness Clinic and uh, have been a doctor of chiropractic and a movement expert and a strength specialist for about 12 years. And it's an all-female run business. There's probably eight staff and running a business uh, takes a lot, especially in New York City. It's like that go, go, go that they, you know, they talk about like, you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. It is probably true. (laughs) (laughs) Like a 60 hour week, you know, way back when was like, yeah, that, that is what you do to grow a business. So, um, so amidst all that, um, got pregnant. I mean, you know, with my wonderful husband and, uh, pregnancy was, you know, every woman experiences it differently. I wouldn't say I was the woman that like loves pregnancy. Um, <laughs> it felt more just like uncomfortable in my body as I was treating patients all day. And afterwards, um, I had a home birth in mm. Brooklyn. Um, and afterwards, there's a lot of things that women are told, like motherhood's exhausting. Yes, you should be tired. Sleep deprivation is normal. Your hair falls out. That is normal. Mm. Um, And so everything that I kind of heard as messaging is this is normal. 18 months postpartum, I was like, this is not normal. (laughs) Like I am still exhausted. Like that kind of exhaustion at the, on a Friday was what Monday end of day felt like, like midday. Um, I would sleep 12, 14 hours and I would be dragging myself out of bed. And I love my work. I love my patients and like the transformations that we create with them. So it wasn't like, you know, this, I don't know, like a midlife something. But um, so I went to my primary care. I went to a gastro because I was getting bloating, some eczema, and uh, was playing with different diets, cutting stuff out, and nothing was helping. Um, and I was like, every time I ate, I looked pregnant again. I was bloated. And this is like, this is not like three months out, six months. This is 18 months out. Yeah. And, uh, 
And, you know, just like the very normal baseline blood work was done. And they're like, you look fine. We did an endoscopy. They're like, oh, you got a little inflammation in your stomach. We're, we'll give you some acid blockers. Uh, <laughs> so I felt really lost. I was just kind of like pushing through just to try and be there for my kid, my husband, my my practice, my patients. Um, and I started to search out a more functional medicine route. Mm-hmm. And I went through three different functional medicine doctors, went on different supplement protocols. Again, the blood work wasn't super comprehensive. And then I met um, a doctor who's a dear friend now, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. She's a functional medicine doctor in New York City. And she's like, your thyroid antibodies are off the charts. And I can't believe you've seen four people yeah. <laughs> uh, and a gastro and all these people and no one's picked that up. She's like, everything explains the symptoms you're having. Like I had lost the outer third of my eyebrow. Mm-hmm. I was constipated. I was like, t- yeah, yeah. classic the, the symptoms, classic symptoms, like so classic. She's like, these are so classic. I cannot believe no one's picked this up because you've seen so many people. So we went the functional medicine route. And what I really liked about the approach was there's, there were all these underlying causes that were adding load to the system. Mm-hmm. So if it was just pregnancy, you know, there's postpartum thyroiditis in a certain percentage of women who have kids afterwards. Mm-hmm. But she's like, you have two parasites you're going to go see the parasite doctor down the street. Um, and I had this uh, histolytica intamoeba and Whoa. human whipworm. And those, I had three stool tests. Yeah. Those did not come up. Those, that was like the special guy, Dr. Cahill in New York City. He looks like his hair coming out of every orifice. He looks like he's 90. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, please don't like kick the bucket as you're like yeah. doing the swab. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, you have two parasites. So um, we have a house in Bali as like a uh, Airbnb. Mm. And we had gone there um, four times the year before uh, we, had, we had my baby Elvis. So, you know, there was kind of a correlation of like, okay, probably picked up a parasite in Bali. So uh, cutting out food intolerances, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy, uh, corn, even to the extent of high histamine foods. Mm. Everyone's like, what's a high histamine food? <laughs> everything. <laughs> everything, right? <laughs> when people like see my list, they're like, what can you eat? I'm like, yeah. steak and asparagus, basically. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so they, you know, citrus foods, anything fermented, everything that's like considered like a prebiotic, like the kimchi and the soy sauce and all that kind of stuff gone. Um, and then worked through some heavy metal toxicity because I used to do a lot of construction work with my dad when I was younger mm. and got to like, probably like 60%. Like energy was better. Um, I had lost probably 10 to 12 pounds, but the fatigue part was really uh, weighing on me. And every time I would go work out and I would go back to what I used to do pre-baby, I would injure myself or I would 
be so exhausted that I couldn't get out of bed for like a couple days. Mm -hmm. And it would be like run 20 minutes, do a little like some strength training, Mm -hmm. knowing what I could do before. Yeah. Like, like double press, uh, 70 pounds over my head. Yeah. um, Kettlebells. And that was like nothing. So, um, I started to change and dial in how I was working out. Cause I was like, there, there's gotta be this piece of it. That's missing because I'm like super disciplined with all the functional medicine stuff and the sauna protocols and the supplement protocols and um, started to see a lot of women who come into the clinic who are hypermobile mm-hmm. who have Hashimoto's or some other autoimmune condition and they'll do like a hit class like the boutique New York 45 minute hit class where it's just like balls to the wall, go as hard as you can. And they will feel like they got hit by a bus mm-hmm. or they'll be like, Oh, I went to this yoga class. It's low impact. I've always been told to do low impact or Pilates. And I feel for the next three days, like destroyed. So, um, you know, what we know with Hashimoto's, the research is with a low functioning thyroid, it's harder to maintain your muscle mass, just how it is. So the, the baseline of like maybe body weight exercises or using like a TheraBand, that's not going to build the muscle. Your muscle is your metabolic engine. It's your, it's the largest organ in the body and it really it helps regulate our hormones and our thyroid. So uh, that was, that's, that's one thing that we know. The second thing that we know with Hashimoto's, uh, that's in the research is that there is slower tendon turnover. So it takes longer to heal. Um, and then the third thing that we know is that type two, a muscle fibers, it's like our fast twitch, like make a dynamic movement sprinters. Uh, those muscle fibers turn into type one fibers. which are our postural muscles. So we're literally losing muscle mass and quality muscle tissue. So knowing that, having gone through it, having to heal myself, change how I train, Mm -hmm. and working with women that have been told, right, because a common recommendation is walk 20 minutes, Mm-hmm. do something low impact like yoga bar pilates maybe swim but none of those things are going to help maintain the muscle and the mm-hmm. tissue quality and so this isn't in the research but clinically i find that there is a hypermobility component and i just think like the research hasn't been done yet but mm-hmm. you'll typically see women not only with a low muscle mass but like their knees will hyperextend so if you if they were standing and you looked at them from the side their knees would kind of travel almost back behind their heels Hmm. um their knee like if you put them in a plank or top of a push-up their elbows would hyperextend uh there's a couple other ways to test for hypermobility one is to like see if your thumb can touch the soft part of your forearm and if your pinky can go beyond 90 degrees. And then the last one is if you're standing, knees straight, feet together, you just bent forward, 
touch the floor, you would be able to palm the, uh, the floor. Mm. Right. And in some disciplines like yoga, it's like, that's what we're working towards, but that's not normal human movement. So you have to, um, as a woman with Hashimoto's start to train differently. So like take out everything that's like a massage, uh, a low impact exercise, over stretching, foam rolling yoga and add in the strength training. So that is what (laughs) I do for myself. What I do for women that I see that have Hashimoto's in the clinic. And now, you know, on a broader scale, sharing it online with the world. So, yeah, that's so interesting for me personally, as someone with Hashimoto's, like, um, I mean, I've had, I probably have had Hashimoto's for a long time, but it wasn't diagnosed until a few years ago. I was thankfully diagnosed with hypothyroid before that. So I was at least on medication um, it wasn't helping, but I was on it. But um, I got very, very, very into working out um, to the point of like I was doing a lot of strength training. I was also doing a lot of hit. I was cutting my calories quite a bit. I was kind of in that whole like macro thing that was popular on. I think it's still popular on Instagram, but it was like really popular a few years yeah. ago. Yeah, and um, I. I loved it. I definitely was pushing my body too hard. And then I went through my first flare when I moved to Chicago, Um, my first like big flare. I've only had like two big, like true flares, like where I was out for a long time. Um, And I never was fully able to like get back into working out. I think it was more mindset than anything. But then when I went through my second really bad flare, um, I was kind of like what you're talking about. Like I would walk to work and I would feel like I was dying. I would, I was not able to do anything. I would try to, my uh, husband is a personal trainer. He would try to work me out and I would just, I felt awful. So I, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to work out without going balls to the wall or whatever you want to call Same. it. Same. Yeah. yeah. Like work hard, play hard. That was like all I knew. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then my way of, which I'm honestly still just now trying to get out of my way of dealing with that was like, then I don't do it at all. If I can't work out like this, then that means my body can't work out. And I kind of went through this period of like, I think I kind of used it as an excuse. Like I can't, I can't work out. My body doesn't handle it, quote unquote. Um, And there's definitely a time and a place where I think that is true for people. But so anyway, this long tangent is kind of like how would or how did you kind of get back into working out but retraining your mind to work out differently and not take it too far um, in the beginning? Yeah. So I've heard so many stories, just like what you're talking about, Mm. to the point of like almost crying when I talk Mm. to women, because I have women who worked with a trainer, um, was on medication for their Hashimoto's, and their trainer was having them do 45 minutes of cardio, followed by 45 minutes of strength training. Oh my gosh. Totally burning them out. And then um, this, you know, 
the women are gaining weight. They're gaining 25 pounds, 30 pounds. And then the trainer's accusing them of being lazy and sneaking food. Oh my God. When they're, when they're cutting their calories and tracking their yeah. macros. I had one woman, she was like eight, 800 calories. I was like, that's not enough. <laughs> so, so 45, like I, I haven't gone to the gym for an hour and a half for like, I don't know, a decade, but, <laughs> um, when we're, when I'm, uh, going through and teaching, uh, strength training, um, cause that's really what, like, I don't even really do cardio. I don't have like cardio days. I know that's mm -hmm. like a, a thing that a mindset piece that I have, uh, my women break <laughs> and it's heavier weight than what someone would think. So there's no pink dumbbells involved, mm. uh, low reps. So I know trainers oftentimes go to like the three, three sets of 10. Yeah. Like no one does three sets of 10. It's like five reps heavier than what you would think. And then you take a break. And it's probably longer than what you think. Cause I think the typical trainer and the typical hit class, it's like one thing after another, you're out of breath. There's no rest. And <laughs> you want to like collapse on the floor, which is, you know, in some of those classes or working on trainers, that's the goal. Mm -hmm. But with someone who is dealing with an autoimmune condition or just chronic, even like chronic fatigue, but you know, for me, it's working with women with Hashimoto's is those three components. So like heavier weight. Mm -hmm. um, and I have women that will look at a kettlebell that is 20 pounds and say, that's going to injure me. So even though we know it's not the tool, it's the form mm -hmm. and every single rep is perfect form. So, uh, we focus on the breath mm -hmm. bracing through the core, which a lot of women don't know. Yeah. Most women are sucking up and in and drying in kind of like a Pilates style, but guaranteed if you do that and you pick up a weight, you will hurt your back. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the third piece is, not trying to overextend or flare your ribs or pull from your back, but have it be like a full body tension, which again, you have to teach. Mm -hmm. So when you teach that and you, you can lift, I've had women uh, not want to pick up a 15 pound weight now starting to deadlift, warming up at their body weight. Mm. So like, a woman who's like 15 pounds, that's going to hurt me now picking up 135 and that's yeah. like their warm up. Like it's, but you know, they're not doing it for t three sets of 10. Mm -hmm. They might pull it for five reps. Yeah. And if their form isn't super dialed in, they don't even pull the weight. Like if they took a big breath up into their chest and arched their back, they reset. And they breathe into their belly, they brace, and then they stand up with the weight. So it's a lot of like mindset repatterning mm -hmm. and, you know, doing what is good for our body versus like society, what society tells us, I think. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And so when you walk out of your workout, you don't feel the, I'm exhausted. You feel yeah. like, wow, I feel like strong, stable, um, things aren't achy. So it's a very, it's a different goal. And I think the mindset has to shift towards like, I want to be active and work out till I'm 80. I don't want to like destroy my body when I'm younger, such that I get injured and I can't do what I want to do down the road. Yeah. 
Yeah. Is there any type of like time limit? Like this sounds silly, but I had someone one time tell me that I shouldn't work out more than 30 minutes just to like, but it wasn't like I didn't have a set workout. So they didn't know that if it was like a hit 30 minutes or if it was like, you know, something like yoga for 30 minutes. So right, right. is there like something that you have people kind of Yeah. Yeah. So for someone, especially like in those moments where it was like Hashi flare up and you're like trying to like push through, Mm -hmm. um, I have women work up to twice a week, 20 minutes Mm -hmm. and they're working up to that. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, once out of a flare up and getting on something like a little more regular, that's just like get strong, stable, keep my energy feel good in my body usually it's um it could still be two to three times a week mm-hmm. 20 30 minutes okay some of the people and this is like even people who do not have Hashimoto's they do not spend hours in the gym yeah. <laughs> like some of the like like people who train hard they train hard and they go hard for like 15 20 minutes yep um you know, again, for the people with Hashi, the women with Hashimoto's, long rest breaks could be up to like two minutes. Um, so, yeah. 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 That rest break is definitely the most important. And that was something even before I was dealing with issues with working out that I would struggle with. I was like, no, I have to do this quickly. I need to get out of here, whatever. Yeah. Um, but then cutting out that rest break, you have no idea like how much that harms you even when you are at like your healthiest and feel the best in the gym, it can still be detrimental for sure. Yeah. Well, when we start to get out of breath mm-hmm. like exertionally, we stop breathing down into our belly mm-hmm. and we stop creating intra-abdominal pressure as well. And we'll just more chest breathe. So we lose a little bit of core stability, a little bit of stability in the spine mm-hmm. when we start to get that like exertional out of breath. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Um, so like if someone, how would you, um, if you are working with someone, how would you get them started? So we kind of talked about it, but like if, if I was coming to you and I was like, I don't even know where to start, what would you, what advice would you give? Yeah. So, I mean, I have an online program called Thyroid Strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's one place to start. And then yeah, it's yeah. like online videos of a warm up of there's four rehab videos. Yeah. Help use movement to get out of neck pain, low back pain, hip pain, shoulder pain. And then there's workouts um, in there. And everything is a compound workout. So I once had a woman tell me I did 10 bicep curls and I couldn't get out of bed for 10 days. There is no bicep curls. Like there is uh, what I call the essential seven. It's like the seven movements that we need to know how to do with amazing form to get through life injury free. So like a squat, a hinge, which would be like a deadlift, some sort of push, a pull, a carry, um, an anti-rotate. So we're using the big muscle groups to help stabilize the joints and, uh, and in thyroid strong, they're programmed. Um, so like, I wouldn't have someone do a deadlift and then a squat. It's like, 
I would have someone do a yeah. deadlift and then maybe a, an elevated push-up okay. or a push-up on their knees. Um, so combining those compound movements um, and everything's full body and it's functional. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Are these, is this kind of what you went through? Like when you were getting um, into working out once you had your diagnosis and stuff, was that the way that you were doing it too? Is that what worked best for you? Yeah, I was, um, I mean, I was never big into like, like doing isolated muscle groups is more of like a bodybuilding style. Mm-hmm. And I think people fall into that just cause it's like, Oh, there's these machines or here's a weight. Yeah. What should I do with it? Right. Or yeah. oh, there's this cool thing and I should do some tricep something on it. But, um, I've always been more into functional movement and, um, have done a lot of training in how do we learn our movement patterns when we were babies? Mm. Right. So like you never see a baby suck their belly in. Yeah. Right. They don't, you know, every time they go to sit up, they roll, they Mm. don't do a sit up. Right. So taking those movements that we learn to do, um, on a neurodevelopmental level, like those patterns are stored primally in the brain and taking that into how to prime the brain to work out mm-hmm. and then loading it uh, with weight. Yeah. So like, there's no crunches. There's no Russian twists. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no bicep curls or like tricep stuff. Um, everything is like very functional because that's how we learn to move. Like the yeah. first two years of life, no one taught a baby to bring their knees up to 90 from three months to six months. They just learned how to do it and then stabilize their core. So, um, so I train women to do the same. Yeah. That's awesome. So since we kind of touched on it, why don't you tell us a little bit more about thyroid strong and about like the programs and how you work with women, um, just in general? Yeah. So, um, it's, an online program and there's 10 videos and it's taken like everything from just being in practice for 12 years and working with women with Hashimoto's and having to do it on my own body. Mm -hmm. And also, I mean, the thing that I didn't mention is for the past probably year and a half, maybe two years, my blood work is like totally on point. Like my thyroid antibodies, TSH, all the blood work is, you would never think I had Hashimoto's. And I know 20% of women um, go into remission or reverse their Hashimoto's. And I'm one of those 20% that did a lot of hard work to do that. So, and I think, again, it's the functional medicine piece and it's this functional movement through thyroid strong and getting really clear on strength training and building the muscle. and so part of the program is not only the rehab videos, the warm up, the strength training. There's a piece of, um, you know, because a lot of us sit all day, yeah. especially if we're dealing with chronic muscle pain, joint pain, we're going to feel that at work because it's chronic and it just gets amplified when we're kind of sitting and <laughs> slumping over our computer. Yeah. So there's stretches and there's strengthening exercises that you could do once an hour at your desk. There's like mm-hmm. a whole ergonomic piece. There's a piece of like how to set up your desk. So 
your posture is optimized and yeah. And then there's a couple workouts. So um, it's really more of like the intro course. It's for the woman who has Hashimoto's. They've tried other things like you mm-hmm. um, and they feel fatigued. They want to take care of themselves. They want to be active, but they don't know where to start because everything that they've tried before has failed. <laughs> like going for that 20 minute run, put them in bed for three days. Uh, yeah. So um, it's really for, for that woman and like where to start and just trying, starting to reframe the mindset that more is not better and yeah. that amazing form good form with every rep yeah. is learned. It's an evolution and is really, I think more of the goal is not to like sweat so hard and we get that like exhausted feeling after working out, but to yeah. step away from our workout and be like, I feel really strong and stable. And like, yeah. I don't feel as many aches and pains. I don't feel like I have to like go do yoga or get on a foam roller to stretch it out. Cause I just, strengthened everything and made the joints more stable. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So what are things that just you do personally kind of on the daily or whatever that keep you feeling really good and feeling really healthy? I'm obviously I'm sure that like exercise, um, goes into this, but what else do you do? Uh, I mean, I have a very regimented supplement protocol. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, which sometimes people are like, how many supplements do you take? <laughs> right. Okay. I'm the only one that has to live in my body. No one yep. else. So <laughs> yep. don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm pretty dis- like, I'm very disciplined with, um, like I used to be a big foodie and go out to like all the Michelin starred restaurants in New York. Yeah. I haven't got, I can't remember the last time I've gone out to eat. We just cook. Oh, wow. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. So being disciplined about that. Um, I am like asleep. Uh, <laughs> my husband's like, we have blackout shades, yeah, air filters, and eye masks, and blue blocker glasses, and yeah, start to like turn everything down. Like a couple, like I'm pretty. Um, sometimes when we have relatives visit, I'm like, it's our bedtime. No <laughs> talking. Like, I get a little crazy about it. So really um dial- dialing in the sleep mm-hmm. and uh when i'm with um i think it's it's we all need like our five minute break from work from our family from our kid yeah. <laughs> yep. not the smoke break but like you know the digital break so i really try to separate work from home like i try yeah. not to bring um my work home and um, I don't know if this happens, this probably happens everywhere, but like I'll walk by the playground and like every parent is looking at their phone, pushing yeah. their kid on the swing. And yeah. I'm like, Oh my God, I don't want to be that parent. Yeah. You know? So I really try to like separate, like we're scooting, we're playing in the playground, like, and then bedtime is like, okay everything else that's digital can happen if it needs to happen. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I work a lot on the mindset piece, mm. um, you know, therapy, life yeah. coaching. Um, I really love handout group. 
for that. Um, I have some friends with great mindset programs like Jeff Spencer and just really, you know, cause so much of like when we're in a flare up, mm-hmm. like the darkness and trying yeah. to literally claw our way out and try and see the light again, even if it's like for a couple seconds. Yeah. And, um, you know, for me, I take a, a really big stance of like, uh, if something happens, like if one of my doctors does something in my clinic that I'm like, Ooh, or there's not great feedback, which is very rarely, I don't think, what, what did she do? I think, what did I not train them well enough? Like, mm. What, you know, so I take that um, onus and that responsibility to then create it, make it a transformation, a learning lesson, Versus like the finger pointing, because um, I think especially having struggled with Hashimoto's, it's easy to be like, you don't get what I'm going through, or yeah, you don't get why I don't want to go out, or you don't get why I don't want, like, it's kind of like, it feels like, stop attacking me. But if you really take it upon yourself as like, what's one thing I can do today that will help me feel better in my body? Mm. And it could be like... I dragged myself out of bed and I brushed my teeth and like <laughs> yeah, exactly. I drank water in the morning instead yeah. of like hugging the coffee, whatever it is. Yeah. So I do a lot of mindset work too. Yeah. I love that. Mindset work is so huge and it kind of feeds into so many different parts of health. Like whether you have Hashimoto's, whether you have absolutely nothing and you're the healthiest person ever, like it's still, um, it's still so important. And it, in finding what works for you, you know, like I, same as you, I love therapy. I've had life coaches. I really love, um, like fun podcasts. I like, um, I'm trying to think all kinds of things like that. And like, it's totally different for my husband. Like he really loves reading certain books and he really loves, um, going for a walk and doing all these kinds of things. So I think that it's important to like find, what works for you. Um, and I think it's important too, like the aspect of any sort of past trauma, yeah. right? So like chronic inflammatory response, there's trauma associated with that. Um, and so to be able to like work through any old trauma that you've had, whether it's a bad relationship, uh, whatever it may be is so important just for the whole healing process. And I think that's hard for people to accept. I know it was yeah. for me. Um, but yeah, I think all that therapy and life coaching and mindset um, and creating that resilience. Cause like, why do some people react to stress and totally fall apart mm-hmm. versus like the elite, like the Navy SEALs? Yeah. You know, they get so much bombarded with so much trauma, but they're like, I mean, they're just like a different breed, but they're, they're solid, they're resilient, yeah, they're pod, they stay positive. So, you know, here's two different groups that react differently, where it's like one can debilitate, push them into a flare up and can't get out of bed. And the other person like rises above and it's, it's a trained, it's a trained uh, skill and habit. Yeah. And I think also just being kind to yourself with whatever works for yeah, you and not, totally. yeah. And not like, um, comparing yourself to others or like, you know, for me with Hashimoto's, like it could, it, 
could be completely different than how you deal with it versus how my friend deals with it versus how so-and-so deals with it. And like, um, and yeah, like we're all just doing like the best that we can and it's not worth, um, worrying about the fact that like, for me, I'm not in any type of remission. I do still have antibodies. I do, you know, but then there's people that, that can get out of that. And then there's people that never can. And it's just, it does, it's not, it's not a competition. Like it's, yeah, absolutely. How can can each of us feel better? Um, in what ways and like, how can we share that with each other? But then at the same time, kind of figure out what works best for us. Better is never like a finish line either. Yeah. It's like this constant ebb and flow. And yeah. like, if you put me in a hotel room with mold, I will feel like, like I have a Hashimoto's flare up. Like yeah. I will not be, you know, so just being super in tune with like, and also just being able to be like, okay, what's going to best serve me going to this hotel that maybe has mold or I don't know, rent to Airbnb or not going to a conference, you know, whatever it is. So knowing that like getting out of Hashimoto's or feeling really good, it's like, it's not like you cross the finish line and you're like, woohoo, like, (laughs) yeah, always this ebb and flow. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me just quickly, um, I'm kind of like jumping back to the beginning, but you had kind of touched on parasites, which I know nothing about. So I just think that's interesting. What did you do to kind of work through that? Yeah. So the um, infectious disease doctor I saw, Mm -hmm. Kevin Cahill, is like, natural remedies do not work. He's like, Mm -hmm. you can do all the parasite cleanses you want, but um, you're going to just take these two antibiotics and two antiparasitics yeah and they're going to come and get retested and that's like a four-week cycle of Mm -hmm. like antibiotics and antiparasitics and I went to work and one of my um dearest I mean she's a friend uh I've known her since like one of the first people I moved to New York she works for me now um Bethany looked at me and she goes what's wrong and I was like well, I'm taking these antibi- like <laughs> these antibiotics and I feel t- terrible. She goes, you look like death. Like, oh. you look like, <laughs> like, like dark circles and just super fatigued. But there's this, you know, this aspect of like die off, like a human whipworm. If you Google it, they talk about it lays like 20,000 eggs a day. So, oh my ugh. God. Yeah. Talk about die off. Yeah. That's a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah. So I've actually had some patients who have Hashimoto's. Um, for some reason, like the medication works on like, there's like an 80% effectiveness of rate. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, you're trying to kill the parasites without killing the person with the parasites. Yeah. So you have to like really control the dosage. Yeah. And I've had people have to do like four rounds of killing off parasites. Wow. And then you have to go back and get checked 10 days after. Mm-hmm. And depending. Um, I mean, Kevin Cahill says it takes about three months for the gut to repair itself, depending. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've had parasites for years, like I went to India when I was 20. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I'm like, maybe I've had parasites for 18 years. <laughs> like, so like, it's going to take, you know, a long time for the gut lining to heal. So and just think of it as like another load on the system. Like if it was only parasites, 
I would probably be okay. Like mm-hmm. and there's plenty of people all over the world, you know, that have parasites. It was like the parasite, the heavy metal toxicity, yeah. my genetics, the, yeah. f- the food intolerances, mold, t- like everything is like, my cup was like overflowing. It was like, I can't take any more of this yep. load on the system. Like literally eating would cause my tongue to hurt. And I would, it was literally like the cup was overloaded, like eating was creating like an inflammatory reaction. So eat, just eating normal, <laughs> like things that were not. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it probably took a long time to start to feel a resemblance of normal. And I think a lot of people want the quick fix. Yeah. Like I've been on this. uh supplement protocol for six weeks yeah I don't feel like my and I'm like well (laughs) you've had your symptoms for however many years yeah it's gonna take a while so yeah yeah. your body's just trying to figure that out yeah do you eat um like a certain do you eat gluten-free do you have any Mm -hmm. kind of way that works best for you yeah yeah so I eat gluten-free I eat high protein Mm -hmm. um and um, I eat, I eat a lot of protein. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think the recommendations, and this is off of Dr. Gabrielle Lyons work, and she's been trained under Dr. Dr. Donald Lehman, who's like one of the world renowned, um, researchers in muscle protein synthesis mm-hmm. is that like the FDA recommendations, FDA recommendations are way too low mm. for what we should be getting. And if we're going to be active, obviously it's going to be, uh, a different amount. And as we age so that we don't, I mean, after we hit 30, we're all going through <laughs> having sarcopenia anyway. Yeah. Of like muscle wasting. Um, you need to eat more protein. And the one common thing amongst all the baby boomers, the older generation is that the people who break their hips, mm-hmm. they did not have good quality muscle mass. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you want to live a long time, longevity is such a big topic yeah. and live a quality life, it's eating protein and um, maintaining your muscle quality. Yeah. So, and obviously everyone genetics like is different, but those are kind of the things I follow. So like 30 grams of protein for breakfast looks like six eggs. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Like most people are like, whoa, six eggs. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> six eggs. That's that's what goes down the hatch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> um and then lunch is usually like steak and some vegetable. And then dinner is either um it's either like lamb, chicken, or salmon. Mm-hmm. Um when I did my heavy metal toxicity test, mm-hmm. I had high arsenic lead mercury which usually are like a trifecta they usually go together yeah so i don't eat sushi anymore (laughs) i don't eat like tuna i don't yeah um so yeah yeah it's crazy like how much it sounds so silly but like simple things like food and sleep and movement and like all these things that everybody tries to make it so difficult to feel better and do all these things like a lot of it is if you just kind of zone in and like really focus on the basics you'd be surprised how much better you can feel just in general yeah i mean i think the whole like biohacking 
movement of like, what crazy thing can I take and tweak to make me feel optimized? Like a lot of those people that I see are like, they're not sleeping. I was like, I don't care how many nootropics you take. If you're sleeping four hours, under five hours, you're going to feel like terrible. It doesn't matter. Um, And those are like some high performers I see. So when I know I'm walking around, I'm like, God, why do I hate everyone right now? (laughs) I go, okay, how did I eat? Yeah. Check. How did I, am I hydrated? Check. Did I move my body? Like if I don't move my body or strength train like once every three days, I start to feel like yuck. Mm. And how did I sleep? And did I get enough? And then I'm like, oh, okay, that's why. So I usually <laughs> dial that in first before I start going down like some crazy rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if people wanted to work with you, how would they be able to find you? Yeah. So Thyroid Strong mm-hmm. is on my website. It's just my name, dremilykybird.com. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's a uh, free opt-in for th- three things that you're commonly uh, doing in your workout, like three mistakes and what to do instead. Um, And the program's in there. If you want to see me in person, Mm -hmm. I'm in Manhattan Mm -hmm. at my clinic, Urban Wellness Clinic, right at 57th and 6th, like two blocks from Central Park. And yeah, and um, yeah. It's, it's like so fun seeing transformation Yeah, because women have been told so many different things mm-hmm. and so many things that didn't work, but they're like, well, my doctor told me, so yeah. it must have worked. It's got to work, but, you know, just not doing the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. And then they start to like feel this transformation. They're like, Wow. Like I have women who literally have been doing yoga for like 35 years. Yeah. I'm like, no more yoga. Let's make an experiment. No yoga for a month, strength training twice a week. And we'll get invited to yoga retreats. And they're like, I can't go. <laughs> like, cause they feel so much better. Yeah. It's so crazy. I would like people where like yoga fed their soul mm-hmm. and I'm a yoga instructor. So I'm like, <laughs> yoga's for the right person. Yeah. But, um, like it fed their soul. And I was like, Oh my God, I feel bad. Like taking away the thing that like feeds them that way. Yeah. Like, Oh my God, I feel so much better strength training. So, <laughs> so it's real. it's really fun to like see those stories. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Do you only work um, at your clinic with people with Hashimoto's or do you work with kind of anyone? Yeah. I mean, we work um, with, I mean, we have some runners, some like really elite runners just because we're near Central Park. Mm-hmm. We're right in Midtown where there's lots of hedge funds and private equity firms and people whose norm is to sit 16 hours a day. Yep. Like, they're like, yeah, that's what I do. (laughs) I take lunch at my desk and I sit all day and, you know, they wonder why they have headaches and disc herniations, but it's kind of like the New York way. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So we see other populations, but... I think we really serve the women with Hashimoto's well because um, they need it and they don't yeah. understand the hypermobility component, especially when there's muscle pain and tightness. Yeah. The first thing they think is I need to stretch. I need a massage, right? Yeah. Like a muscle feels tight. Well, if muscle feels tight, something else 
is probably not stabilizing. Yeah. So like get whatever needs to get strong and stable and the muscle tightness that's a compensation will probably melt away. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We see see lots of different people in the clinic. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that with Hashimoto's, like even with the people that I've talked to on the podcast and different things like that, we haven't really talked about exercise and mobility and things like that. So this has been, this has been really helpful for sure. I'm sure that people will come on over and check you out. Is there anything else that we, that you don't want to miss on that we can chat about quick before we end here? Um, yeah, I think, you know, just going back to that idea that like every tight muscle yeah. is not necessarily something that needs to get massaged or stretched. Yeah. That it's potentially most oftentimes a compensation. And the compensation is for something like people who have neck pain, you do a massage, you adjust them, they feel a little bit better, but they're like, I kind of feel the same. Yeah. (laughs) And if the compensation is like, let's say they have a weak core and you give them a couple breathing drills and a couple core strengthening exercises Yeah. and you'll go literally like 15 breaths. You'll go back in and you'll feel the neck and the upper traps and it'll be soft. Could you literally just change the compensation of, it's like a bad group project. It's like <laughs> the people who are overworking and killing it and like going crazy. And then the lazy people, mm-hmm. like you got to make the lazy people work. Yep. <laughs> and just like keep telling the stressed out people to like chill out. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's what I tell my patients in the clinic. It's like that terrible high school or college group project. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The one that you hated. Yeah. You're kind of yeah. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, get, get the thing that needs to get strong dialed in and the tightness will melt away. So most people don't know that. Yeah. Even most trainers, rehab specialists don't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really key in terms of getting out of that cycle of, joint pain and muscle aches. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. I definitely haven't even thought about it that way, but it makes so much more sense. Like than just going in there and like trying to get something to work like via massage or whatever. And it's just not working. Um, but yeah, that's, that's interesting. I love that. Thank you so much for all this information. I'm so excited for everyone to hear it. Yeah. Thanks so much. I love chatting with you and just like, yeah, sitting down and sharing it because <laughs> I feel like it needs to get out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that this will be um, totally different than some of the stuff I've talked about with Hashimoto's specifically. So I'm excited for all the people out there. I have a lot of people on this podcast um, have, have Hashimoto's or have dealt with it in the past. So definitely an interesting perspective and I really appreciate it and gives me more motivation to get Woo! back. And, nice. um, and not be so hard on myself when maybe the hour long walk home from work is really hard. Like, today. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In 90 degree weather. Why did I? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> versus, you know, the other day when I went and did like an upper body workout, I felt really good and I was only in there for 25 minutes. So perfect. Yeah. yeah. I mean, awesome. you're like your own testimonial. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But, 
I will have the links to everything for you in the show notes for anyone listening. Um, if you didn't catch it before, I'll have all of her links in the show notes and in the blog post and in all the places that I put this so that people can reach out to you or find out more or join Thyroid Strong um, if they're interested. So, But thank you so much for being on. Awesome. Thank you.